0: Election College episode 286, Charles Dawes. Let's throw a political party. Face it, the political scene sucks, but did it always? It's time for Election College, and class is in session. Now, your hosts, Jason Goff and Ben Smith. Hey Ben, if you were alive in the early part of the 20th century, Charles Dawes, he would have been somebody you would have known about. But I,
1: I was not alive during then. So during that point,
0: chances are you probably didn't know a whole lot about him. Correct. Well, let me tell you about. Enlighten me. You know, he was the vice president during the Coolidge administration, but uh, we're gonna go way back a little bit of history about our buddy charles Dawes. it might be disrespectful to call him chuck you think
1: well i mean if we call him chuck like to his face that might have been disrespectful but like he's
0: not around anymore is that still M- maybe unless he'd like to go by chuck okay then, by all w- means well we could ask him sometime okay well young charles was born in marietta ohio in august of 1865 and he is the son or was the son or. He is. I think it's ongoing. You can say that, yeah. Of the Civil War general Rufus Dawes, and he and his wife Rufus and Mary uh, had their baby boy Chucky. No, no, not Chucky. Definitely not Chucky. Definitely not Chuck Chucky. Maybe but... Chuck Charles in in eighteen sixty five. So, yeah, his dad led the. Uh, 6th wisconsin regiment of the iron brigade so now you know a little civil war history there uh and his uh ancestry on the dawes side i mean it goes way back to like the puritans yeah he had a couple brothers and his family including his brothers were all either politicians or prominent businessmen
1: yeah so dawes gets married to carol limer on january 24th 1889 uh they have a couple kids we'll uh we'll get into that but um he did go to marietta college in 1884 so just before he had gotten married and then he went to the cincinnati law school in 1886 of course you know he's gotta have a law degree jason i mean that's just what you do and this time if you want to be the president or vice president you, you go
0: you're a lawyer yeah and uh you know, if you're a lawyer, you need business, and not a whole lot was happening in Marietta, Ohio at the time. So he decides to go west, young man, and uh, he moves to Lincoln, Nebraska, where he's admitted to the bar. Uh, he's there uh, from 1887 to 1894. And get this uh, Lieutenant John Pershing, uh, when he was uh, appointed as a military instructor at the University of Nebraska, go horncus, corn, Huskers. Horned Huskers. (laughs) Sorry for anybody in Nebraska. Um, He and Pershing meet, Dawes and Pershing, Pershing and Dawes, they Uh meet, and they form a friendship that uh, lasts a lifetime. He also befriends William Jennings Bryan. Yeah. Who's a Democrat, obviously, very outspoken. Uh, Even though they were different politically,
1: uh, you know, they were buddies. Especially on the uh, the Free Silver Act and and the policies. Can you imagine now having... I mean, there probably are things that trivial, but it just seems now, like looking back at the, the free silver and the, the gold conversation, it's like, didn't you guys have bigger things to worry about? Yeah. Can imagine what's going to be like 100 years from now? Well, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> so during the panic of 1893, Dawes picks up from Lincoln, moves to Chicago, uh, and there he... Gets some ownership stakes in uh, some gas plants. Uh, he becomes the president of a gaslight company uh, and then the gaslight and coke company in Evanston, Illinois, as well as the, uh, the, the prior one in La Crosse, Wisconsin. Uh, so quite the, the mogul. Uh, maybe not a mogul quite, but definitely had some interest in business, some interest in law, etc., something really interesting and we don't get that much of a glimpse into like the personal hobbies and stuff of a lot of presidents during this era or i guess you know vice presidents during this era either uh, actually vice presidents during any era for that matter yeah. unless it's like they like to kill people in duels we we've learned about that but Yeah, yeah or
0: then they die in office which is really sad yeah
1: exactly uh but dawes actually was a pianist and he taught himself how to play he taught himself not only how to play but how to write music and people knew his music during that time he had one song in particular called melody in a major and he composed that song but then people put lyrics to it and ends up becoming uh a song called it's all in the game which uh i've heard of i don't know if anybody else has and Goes on to be like a big hit. So definitely a a multifaceted individual here. Uh, He's the only vice president to be credited with a number one pop hit
0: on the Billboard charts. So that's kind of a cool legacy, if nothing else. Yeah. Now, keep in mind that the lyrics to the melody in A major, that wasn't like until. Right. Like after he's dead. Yeah. But still number one. Right. But back to uh, politics here. He um, rises to some prominent positions in business, you know, there in Illinois. And the Republican Party leaders are like, dude, you're making a lot of money. Everything you uh, do, it just turns to gold. Gold. So, or, or silver, as yeah, it were. As it were, yeah. So uh, they're like, hey, can you come and manage William McKinley's bid for president in 1896? And Dawes is like, sure that sounds fun and because he did so much to help get mckinley elected he was named controller general of currency for the department of treasury yeah it's kind of a big deal and he was there from 1898 to 1901 and he collects more than 25 million dollars from banks that failed during the panic of 1893 and um he seeks to change the banking practices to eliminate that from ever happening again. Yeah, he's kind of successful in that. Kind of, yeah. Things always happen in the future. People always mess stuff up for you. Right. Uh, his dad dies in 1899, and uh, upon his death, uh, upon his dad's death, he becomes a first-class companion of the military order of the Loyal Legion of the United States. It's pretty intense. Yeah, absolutely. So we mentioned a little bit
1: ago that uh, there was some involvement with the McKinley administration and whatnot. In October of 1901, Dawes leaves the Department of the Treasury in order to go for a Senate seat, a U.S. Senate seat. And he's like, you know, McKinley, I had his back, he'll have mine. Uh, I'll probably win. Well, McKinley unfortunately gets assassinated. And Teddy Roosevelt, is not a big fan of Dawes. Well, it's not that he's not a big fan of Dawes. He's more a fan of his opponent in the race.
0: Yeah. I've heard that rationale before. I'm just a bigger fan of the other guy. Yeah. I've heard that too. Mm.
1: Yeah. Uh, So in 1902, he doesn't win the the race. So he says, okay, I'm done with politics. Uh, I don't need any more of this. So I think I'm going to, why don't I get together this thing and we'll call
0: it the central trust company of Illinois and uh, I'll be the president of that. (laughs) Instead, <laughs> so it's like, yeah, I'm gonna go and make some money now. Yeah, Which, you know, Republicans like that,
1: right? <laughs> I think everybody likes making money to some extent.
0: Yeah, I just think in early 20th century Republicans, yeah,
1: know, they definitely have like monocles and stuff for sure.
0: Definitely. Yeah. So, in
1: September of 1912, uh, Dawes' son Rufus, that we mentioned earlier, uh, when we were talking about his early life and his marriage. Uh, passes away. He drowns in Geneva Lake. Uh, he's on summer break from Princeton University, and at this time is when Dawes starts creating a bunch of different homeless shelters and kind of dedicating them to his son Rufus's memory, uh, and puts those in Chicago and Boston as well. So, another, you know,
0: tragedy in a life of a future vice president. So, World War One happens, and... Dawes is all about supporting the first Anglo-French loan to the Entente Powers of $500 million. It's a lot of money, right? And this support was pretty important because they needed some outside-of-the-country money and support. And that's exactly what Dawes does. And because of all of this, when the Americans become involved, Dawes is commissioned a major lieutenant colonel and uh, eventually becoming General Charles Dawes. And he serves in France. He's the chairman of the General Purchasing Board for the American Expeditionary Forces. And he is all about handling all kinds of financial affairs um, there in Europe. And he comes back in August of 1919, returns to politics, goes to dc in february of 1921 where the senate is holding hearings on war expenditures and keep in mind okay the senate a bunch of politicians right and they're like what did you do what about that checkbook did you balance it while you're over there (laughs) and dawes gives this impassioned speech where he says helen maria but it could be translated this is a family podcast right right everybody's gathered around the yeah. The speaker right now. Right. And um, so we're going to keep this clean. we on the old radio tube. Yeah. So it's Helen Maria, not the other way that could be perceived. He, till his dying day, said that that's what he said. But others said that it was the other way right. of saying it. Yeah. I, I don't know how you... I'm not sure either. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, he says, Helen Maria, we weren't trying to keep a set of books over there. We were trying to win a war. And he becomes known for this speech. Yeah. And he kind of rises to even further prominence because of it. It's funny because
1: I was thinking, I'm thinking about, uh, I remember somebody, this is forever ago, complain was complaining about the language in like war movies. And specifically, I think it was Saving Private Ryan. Mm-hmm. And, uh, somebody was like, well, yeah, it's like a war movie. Like, they're not going to be like, hey, could you please pass me that rifle so I could, uh, uh, fire it at this gentleman progressing across the the field towards me. Mm-hmm. Like, no, that's just not how things work. Oh, it's not. No, <sighs> probably not. Uh, so anyway, he resigns from the army in 1919, and he becomes a member of the American Legion. Uh, so he says he's going to get out of politics, but then he's back, kind of supporting. I mean, maybe he didn't. Maybe he didn't want to run, but he's supporting a man named Frank Loudon at the 1920 Republican National Convention, but. Warren G. Harding ends up winning the presidential nomination and he ends up getting appointed by President Harding as the first director of the Bureau of the Budgets. And uh, he gets appointed to a couple other things as well. Uh, He also wins the Nobel Peace Prize in 1925 for the Dawes Plan, which was basically to help Germany out uh, with its economy. and. It does provide some some funds for the United States, uh, but basically it helps stabilize their economy and thereby their country as well.
0: Man, doesn't that make you proud to be an American? That I feel like there's a song about it we could sing. Yeah, I mean, like we totally helped Germany. Of course, then Then they turned around. Yeah, yeah. But then we helped them again.
1: Yeah, we probably should have learned our lesson there. We'll see.
0: Second time around, it works. Second time around. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast.
1: So at the 1924 Republican National Convention, uh, President Calvin Coolidge gets pretty much immediately selected to be the Republican nominee for the president. But the vice presidential nominee was a bit more uh, controversial, I guess you could say. Uh, Frank Loudon does get nominated this time, but he declines. And so Coolidge is like, all right, well, if I can't work with him, how about this guy named William Bora? Uh, he's a senator out of Idaho. And William is like, thanks, but I'm also going to decline. So <laughs> he, they then try to nominate Herbert Hoover, but he's not really popular enough to get the votes that, that are needed. Aww. So eventually they're like, okay, I anybody, just randomly, <laughs> does anybody want this job at all? Uh, no, that's not really the way it worked, but. They ended up choosing dawes to be the vice presidential nominee uh coolidge is done with all the uh the back and forth and not knowing so he accepts their choice and says basically you know he feels like dawes could be a loyal companion and and be a good uh good addition to his campaign team or to his candidacy for that matter
0: yeah so keep in mind calvin coolidge kind of soft-spoken a little bit and then this charles dawes guy pretty outspoken and after all, I mean, he's a brigadier general. That's right. By this time, yeah. And he's got lots of money. And it's such a cool title, brigadier general. Brigadier anything. <laughs> it brigadier is. is a cool word. Maybe we should form a society called the Brigadier Society, and then we can just give each other titles. All right. If anybody wants that, let us know. The Brigadier Society. <laughs> there probably is a Brigadier Society. There probably is. breaking a trademark. Right Please now. don't
1: sue us. We maybe, don't have any money.
0: Yeah, maybe we can incorporate, like, in the Caribbean or something.
1: Oh, I like that idea. Do we get to go, like, go there to check it out?
0: We have to go there to file our paperwork. All right. I'll do it. Okay. Who wants to go to the Caribbean with <laughs> us? Anyway, Dawes is, like, a really, really faithful companion during the, uh, the race. He is going out, giving speeches. Comparing the nominee, uh, Robert uh Follette Senior as a dangerous radical who sympathizes with the Bolsheviks. Yeah. That's like pulling out all the stops. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go after this guy. He's opening a can. Man, that's that's another Oh. I'll just say he's opening a can. He's opening a can of something. And, yeah. And he's really going after um, you know, the opponent politically, and needless to say, Coolidge wins. Coolidge would have won anyway. I would imagine so. But he's inaugurated, you know, again. Right. I guess he's not really inaugurated. Are you considered inaugurated when somebody's assassinated? I don't think so. You're sworn in. You're
1: sworn in. Well, But, but he, you don't have a party. He already got it. Oh, you mean when you said again. Yeah, this would be yeah. his first inauguration. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely don't want to have a party for
0: that. Definitely not. So unless you don't like Harding. Well, that's possible. Yeah. What a jerk. At the end, <laughs> I mean, to his family too. Right. Every time I think about that, he's like the Aaron Burr of oh. 20th century. Terrible. Be, that's that's almost insulting, but uh, he really wow. deserves it. Wow. Anyway, uh, so the inauguration happens in March of 1925, and the president's like, "Hey, I want Charles B. Warren to be the Attorney General," and you know, you got all of the junk. That's going on uh, from the residue that's coming from the Harding administration, like Teapot Dome and uh, some of those other uh, controversies. And it's really important that Dawes, as the president of the Senate, is hanging around the Senate defending his guy. And like me, about two or three in the afternoon, I want to go for a nap. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. But Dawes decides, hey, I'm going to go take a nap everybody don't deliberate anything um can you don't imagine that
1: now I
0: know. <laughs> hey it probably hey guys, does happen we just pause. don't hear about it yeah, yeah. it probably does yeah. so dawes is like okay i'm gonna go take a nap everybody hang tight i'll be back i'll be rested um i'll have listened to a podcast while i'm resting right, and right. I'll, I'll have this new energy obviously and the senate's like yeah he's gone And he being Charles B. Warren is rejected in the Senate and Dawes didn't have a chance. Yeah. That puts a strain on the Dawes-Coolidge relationship. Right. right? Yeah. They're really
1: not buddies anymore. And Dawes says, hey, I'm not going to cabinet meetings anymore. Uh, I'm really annoyed with Coolidge and a lot of the stuff he's doing at this point. And... He passes a couple bills through Congress that then Coolidge vetoes. Uh, In 1927, Coolidge is like, look, I'm not going to go for re-election. Sorry. Dawes once again uh, is in favor of Frank Loudon at the Republican National Convention, but they choose Herbert Hoover this time. Uh, People are talking maybe Dawes is going to be Hoover's running mate. We'll see. Uh, But Coolidge says he would consider... It, an affront if they were to renominate Dawes for vice president. So, yeah, he isn't selected at that point.
0: Yeah, so dejected and disheartened. I don't know if he's dejected or disheartened. He's probably ready to be gone. Right. Because um, he was kind of tired of the Senate. Right. Wasn't too big of a fan uh, there of, you know, presiding and doing all that stuff. Right. Uh, he goes home but not too long thereafter Herbert Hoover's like hey buddy Charles um we need you in England go serve be yeah. the ambassador and that's exactly what he does and <laughs> this is hilarious um uh, but it was like customary when you're <laughs> the ambassador to England you had to wear knickers yeah or breeches or Breaches. whatever breeches breeches <laughs> Breaches. <laughs> My four-year-old asked the other day, "What are britches?" <laughs> like, well, that's a good question. It is, is a very, very good question. question. Yeah. I need to look that up. Yeah. Um, and Dawes is like, uh, "Ain't gonna do that." Right. Listen, I'm rich. <laughs> I don't have to do that. I don't have to wear britches. <laughs> so the king didn't like that too much, but uh, he kind of got over himself. Yeah. On that, the U.S. they're still friends with Britain. Yep. In spite of it all, but um, so the Great Depression happens while he's over there in jolly old England and Hoover's like, dude, uh, we need you and your, uh, money knowledge, uh, to get back here and, um, head the newly created reconstruction finance corporation. Uh, Dawes lasts a couple months. He's like, dude, can't do this. I'm so done with that. Uh, he resigns and then he, uh, goes back and tries to rescue the city national bank and trust company of Chicago. And um, political opponents were all over that. They're like, dude, you're the reason for that failure. It's all your fault, buddy. Yeah.
1: So So he's done. He's he's out of public service. Uh, He goes back to banking. And he's in banking. He's the the chairman of the board for uh, the City National Bank and Trust Company for a couple decades. And he ends up uh, passing away in 1951 on April 23rd from a coronary thrombosis and so he's buried in rose hill cemetery in chicago and so yeah i mean a very active early life became the vice president almost on a whim was no longer vice president but had some political things and then uh just goes back to private life for 20 25 years ish until he passes away very unexpected not not unexpected that he passed away but you see a lot of people just continue to be in the in the limelight in the in the politics and he wasn't he
0: was done pretty much interesting when you think about it from this era because you know coolidge dies in the early 30s but hoover he's alive until i mean after the war yeah for quite some time right and to see what these guys saw i mean think about it they can remember what it's like to not have an automobile they can remember what it's not like to have an airplane. And by the end of their lives, like, we're destroying countries. Right. With automobiles and airplanes. Yeah. And, and the like. Nuclear bombs. Yeah. Just amazing. Insanity. So. You know, I was thinking the other
1: day, um, there was something. I'm trying to remember what it was. Oh, okay. So there aren't very many pictures of the inside of the Supreme Court room mm-hmm. or the actual court itself. And there is actually only a couple of the actual justices in the Supreme Court. And one of them was taken by, I think, a doctor who pretended that his arm was broken and carried a camera into the courtroom uh, in in his sling, basically. And I remember people saying like oh that's kind of weird that he would be able to do that like camera it was the 30s cameras were huge mm-hmm. and this was this must have been on uh, somewhere on the internet or on facebook in a group or something and somebody was like well yeah you're right but you also have to remember that this was only like 10 years away from the atomic bomb being detonated so technology was
0: further along even in the 30s than we tend to remember yeah so i wonder what kind of technology is out there right now that would just like fry our brains if we saw it i have i
1: don't want to know you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah no there's definitely stuff that we can't fathom yet that's out that's already that's already working
0: yeah yeah absolutely crazy well before we um you know get censored off of the podcast world right uh, we better wrap it up by saying we have an awesome facebook group that is private But You could probably join Yeah, we'll let you in Just go ahead over to
1: electioncollege.com slash group And you'll be ushered into the presence of I don't know what, 70-ish other people Who love election college Or at least like presidential things And you can join in that fun Chat, share articles If you go to cool historical places We want to see them, hear about it, etc It's a fun little community You can also just you know check us out on Facebook, like our page there on Twitter, etc. Stuff like that. Sometimes we're active a lot. Sometimes we're not terribly active, but we are
0: always responsive if possible. Yeah, because we're there for you. Like, post your stuff. That's right. Because it's awesome. And in case you didn't know, my RV expedition has begun. Oh yeah, I'm actually here with Ben. Oh yeah, in Pennsylvania. Goody. So the fam is here for a month, and then we're gonna head over to central pennsylvania after this like november some like late october november yeah we'll be there so if there's any cool things that are in your area if you happen to be from central pennsylvania i know that area pretty well but um do offer your suggestions because we're always looking to go nifty places nifty nifty
1: and uh You know, if you want to shop on Amazon, help us out a little bit. Electioncollege.com slash Amazon. We get a small cut of anything you buy with that link. Other than that, thanks so much for listening.
0: Yeah, we'll see you next week.